Hey everybody, I want to welcome you into Ruining Your Childhood. I think this is episode 20? I think I might have said before episode 20 came out, but this might actually be episode 20. It might be episode 21. And if it's 21, that means we can get drunk. So I suggest you get drunk for this interview. No, I'm kidding, actually. You probably shouldn't get drunk. Um, I had a pleasure of sitting down with one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, my tattoo artist. Her name is Kayla Newell. Kayla is from Salem, Oregon. I had the pleasure of meeting her I don't know, close to six years ago now. Uh, she was friends with a roommate of mine after I'd moved into Portland. And we've stayed in touch ever since. And now I have the pleasure of having Kayla give me a sleeve tattoo that is taking... You know, a couple years, slowly, piece by piece. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. She's having a lot of fun with it. We're having a lot of fun. And we figured we'd, you know, bring her onto the podcast because she has listened to every single episode. And as our most loyal listener, we had to bring her on. So, Kayla Newell. You should go ahead and make sure to check her out at Kaylar on Instagram. At K-A-Y-L-A... Five R's. Like I said, Kayla Err, Kayla Err, and Kayla Newell. You can also email her at Kayla Newell, that's N E W E L L, 420 at gmail.com. Or you can find her at Kayla Newell Tattoos.com. Um, make sure that you try to book her because she's OG. She's great to talk to, super fun. Uh, and she's going to be too famous one of these days for any of us to book her. So probably get in while you can fit in if you know what i mean and not in a weird way but either way we got two parts of this kayla interview that are coming up for you uh part one is right now we talk about a lot of really fun stuff everything from uh you know growing up at the mall kim cattrell sex in the city l ron hubbard's music career uh catfishing we got so much stuff for you here so part one of my sit down with kayla newell make sure you go and check her out and we'll get you part two next week thank you for tuning in to ruining your childhood we want to ask you to rate subscribe review do all the things to help us build i want you to know that you know it's a little distance away but in july we're gonna start to give you guys a little bit more content give you a little something new a little something fresh and it's gonna be really fun kayla and i talk a little bit about uh, those future plans here in the episode as well because like i said she's a loyal listener and i had to you know let her know what is on the horizon uh, with us at R-Y-C-H-T-P-O-N. All right, here's Kayla. I never use Zoom, so this is really funny to me just because I am so used to seeing you in such a physical world, and now I'm seeing you in this sultry world. It's weird, right? Of, I mean... I'm really distracted by your background. That's exactly. I feel like you did this to me on purpose. <laughs> no, I actually, this is every one of, uh, every one of the podcast recordings I do. It's, I, we joked about having a segment on video called between two toms. <laughs> yes. I heard it's, that. Just, it's just me asking questions and you're trying not to get distracted because I'm really distracted. This is really sexy. I wish people could understand the sensual nature of what's happening here. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to happy trails? That's all I'm saying. Whoa. I mean, did they ever go away? 
Yeah, I think so. I think body waxing, uh, especially with the man, male manicuring being so in. I believe the term you're looking for is manscaping. Manscaping. That's the one. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I am enjoying a snow day here in Portland in April. April snow day. I'm kind of pissed because I think the last thing I said to the last person I saw yesterday when they were casually like, oh, you hear it's going to snow tonight? And I was like, no, it's not. It's not happening. I refuse. Well, that doesn't make sense. And hasn't it not happened in like 80 years? I mean, it's happening all the time. It's always snowing here. I just hate the snow so much. That's true. I mean, it happens at least once a year, you know, and everybody's like, oh, it's snowing here. I'm like, right. It snowed, but it like didn't really freeze. Like, I guess maybe if you were going out at like 4.30 a.m., it might have been bad, but... Yeah, it's all gone by now. I left my house at 7 a.m., and it was slushy as all hell. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, ultra wet. Yep. How are you doing? I'm good. Stay wet. Um, just got done with statistics. My cat is acting like I've never seen him before, or, you know, it's been months. And so he's trying to show you his butthole. I'm into it. Bandy. Get in there. Cat butts. The the real Zoom bomber, you know what I mean? <laughs> Zoom bomber? Zoom bomber. Cat butts? Don't get me into cat butt territory this quickly because I feel like there was a phase in the 2010s when I found like post mustache things. You would go into one of those kitschy stores on like Hawthorne that sells nothing but but gifty shit. And I found like a cat butt air freshener and a cat butt sticker. And I gave it to my mom and she loved it. So it's just the rear, the rear end of the cat. Just a rear end view of a cat with its big cat butthole right in the middle. This is a, car- a cartoon though, right? Caricature? Sure. Yes, of course. Okay, of okay. course. Because then it's just... say, please, it's not a real picture. Please. <laughs> no, but it's supposed to be like a novelty item where it's like, it's a cartoon cat butt, but you're sniffing it because it smells good because it's an air freshener. <laughs> Oh, it's so kitschy. Okay. so kitschy. <laughs> that sounds like something you can get at Spencer's. You remember Spencer's? Spencer's gifts. I feel like I was there recently, honestly. And by recently, I mean in the last few years. And it was terrible. It's exactly as it was, except you can't get those cool. Remember those Playboy bunny shaped pillows? Yeah. You see those? They have hella Playboy shit still, at least. Okay, so Selena and I, before the pandemic, when it was winter and we didn't want to get cold, we would go to the to the Lloyd Center and go, you know, urban urban hiking, people watching. Yes, I love the Lloyd Center. Rip the Lloyd Center. Rest in peace. <laughs> Wasn't it uh, Tanya Harding or something used to skate there or something? Hell yeah, baby. Uh, I was hoping you would bring up Tanya. Tanya. Sweet Tanya. I would, oh, God. Yeah, an icon. She used yep. to practice at Lloyd Center. Then they also, I mean, they only fucked it up recently. It's fucked because it's only recently been foreclosed on, but a couple years before is when they invested all this money into like redoing it, making it nicer. But they took out, they made the ice rink smaller and they took out that food court bridge because that was the shit. You could like go up to the food court and stand directly above it and watch those people skate around. Because yeah, some of those people are fucking crazy good just because it's the only ice rink like that in the middle of the city. So like, where else are you going to go? You know, round the clock, Uh-oh. 20 or 365, fucking, well, 363, maybe. But you could fucking ice skate all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. At the mall. And then get a Jamba Juice. And then go to Spencer's Gifts. That's the last Spencer's I went to. That's the Lloyd one. Center. Yeah. Still, yeah. 
Yeah. Get a really, <laughs> get a really overpriced hat at Hold Lids. You know? Lids. <laughs> God, yeah. Fuck yeah. I honestly, everybody, I feel like since forever has been giving me a hard time about how much I sincerely, earnestly love them all. Because when we were kids, that's like the one spot that you could go. And it's like a social environment. You don't really need to buy things, but it's also like, you know, an opportunity to talk to your friends and like hang out in this weirdly not safe but for some reason thought to be safe by my parents environment by age like 12 you can just go to the mall and hang out i was going to the mall at like age eight i swear with me and my best friend get a pretzel yeah it was the shit but yeah we grew up on the malls but selena's uh, uh nephew he still lives here or he lives here now still obviously I told you about him but he meets his friends at the mall down at the clackamas town center you know that's so, what I figured, yeah. So, you know, mall culture still is like, you know, it's still banging, still popping. Still popping at the mall. You know what, Clackamas, in spite of being kind of, sh- it's shitty in its own ways, but they were, I they still have it. I feel like they were the last mall that had Dippin' Dots and Hot Dog on Stick. Hot Dog on mm, Stick. I don't think they have either of those anymore. <sighs> Maybe Dippin' Dots, but pandemic killed like everything, dude. Everything, yeah, for real. Hot, they might have hot dog on a stick though now. Lloyd Center used to have hot dog on a stick, and dude, it was the shit. That was my jam back then. It was the shit. Watching them make that lemonade. And and did you, I don't know if you've noticed this. If we're going to go on the topic of mall food, right? Do you notice that Sabaro, you probably didn't notice, but you know, you haven't been to a mall in a couple years, but Sabaro's changed their fucking like recipe or something. And I'm really disappointed okay. because Sabaros is like the reason you go to the mall. Is mm-hmm. it? I feel uh, like for me. one, I need to correct the statement you made, which is that I haven't been to the mall in a few years, because in reality, I haven't been to Lloyd Center in a few years. I've oh, been okay. to the mall. I was living downtown <laughs> until a few months ago. And I did oh, okay. go to Pioneer yep. off yep. and on to hit up a Veda, of course. But also I was in the Salem Center Mall in Salem, Oregon, my hometown, uh, over the summer. Okay. And there is a Sabaro there. It is still in operation. It's still a staple of all malls. Yes, but I did not eat Sabaro pizza. I'm sorry. I did not. <laughs> so I can't vouch for if it's different now. I'm sorry. I was reacting to <laughs> the Clackamas Town Center's <laughs> dining options, but they have three fucking pizza places. They got Sabaro's, Pyology, and God, Pyology, Pyology, no. and California pizza. Pyology. I'm sorry, that sucks. What I haven't been to Clackamas f- in a while. Yeah, but that's a lot of options right there compared to Have you been to Pioneer, where there's literally one thing in the in the food court now? Oh, is it just the the chicken place? Yes. Apparently, that place pops. People from the suburbs come through and line up through that whole thing it's all vibey and weird because everything shuttered aside from canes or famous canes raisin canes whatever the hell it is Shh, there's always a line for it it's crazy it can't be that good it can't be that I don't know. good apparently it slaps apparently it's good i've i've heard i don't know okay so <laughs> that being said you know like as a person who started their own fried chicken fast food sandwich right i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a connoisseur sewer Kind of shoot. Kind of, yeah. kind of I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, when it comes to that shit, uh, I has, still haven't had Chick Fil A. Never. I'm very interested, but I'm I still can't do it. I've never, I've never been to a Chick Fil A, but part of it is because I've lived here. 
forever. I feel like I don't know about Bellingham, but it, are they even in the Northwest that hard? Like outside of here? Chick-fil-A? Well, I don't know. I've, there's not one in Washington, at least when I was living in there. But now there's one in, well, there's one, been in one in Clackamas for a long time, and I haven't gone to it. So. I don't think I need that. But, I don't think I need that. Chick-fil-A? But point is, like, you remember when the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, people were, like, getting in fights over that shit? <laughs> yes. Dude. Yes, I do. I, well, I tried one, and I was like, it's not that good. But also, so my theory with that is either people don't have a discerning taste or true <laughs> Popeye's launched a really fucking good chicken sandwich to start like they like they, like they went all out mm-hmm. to get the hype out and to get people freaking out and then they dropped the quality I mean like super hard also likely and so it's like the buzz went you know what I mean right. because it's one of those things where you know Hennessy is always forever going to be the cognac even though it's not the best cognac because it's sure. branded and right, Cadillac Escalade is always going to be like the best. Well, it's like we were talking about diamonds a while back. And it's like diamonds, diamonds aren't exactly. the rarest or the most valuable gem. But people are always going to believe that just because they've been hyped up since the De Beers diamonds or whatever. When I find out about shit, just good marketing shit, you know. Yeah, it's good marketing plus uh, first impression syndrome. You know what I mean? Some people are really, really, really susceptible to first impressions. They're like, oh, I don't like this person. Uh, he rubbed me the wrong way the first time I met him. So therefore, forever they can go to hell. And you're just like, oh, well. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe they were just having a bad day. Like, nope. Nope. Or on the flip side, it's like, you know what? I like your face. You know what? You got the haircut of an honest man. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going <laughs> to believe everything that you say, no matter what you say. Because you, you, you sound like John F. Kennedy. Who <laughs> sounds like a fucking don't get me started did anyone hear him speaking they're like this is the charming one you're talking about this is the hawkeye this was coming out of the 50s right this is coming straight out of the 50s people are like ah he sounds different yeah i mean people were still trying to talk like you know 1920s like old time this is how we talk on the radio you know (laughs) Just all that like weird fucking old voice shit was probably still happening, and so they're like, "I, oh, I love that old voice shit." You know me; I'm like all about these old mystery stories, so I'm very susceptible to an old timey accent. I mean, it's cool. Selena hates the, I think it's the music, or maybe it's the accents. But I was watching Boardwalk Empire, and she was having a hard time. <laughs> I think it's the music. It's like accents. I haven't seen that. I think it's the music. The scatting too. I mean, there's a lot of scatting yeah. because like 1920s music was like. Obviously, jazz got really big around then, and it was all about improvisation. But one of the ways that, like, white, I don't know, like, you'd see a lot of scatting. Mm-hmm. And scatting's like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Like, I tried to... Dude, I just watched a video. I tried to listen to the scat man the other day. Stop. I was just gonna... I was like, you're not gonna go there, are you? Because I'm like, all I'm thinking about now is the scat man. But whenever I think about the scat man, I'm fucked in my head dude i listened to that video like slowed down hardcore have you ever listened to that way better (laughs) it's so good is it all syrupy it like slaps in a different way oh it's like so it's so vibey you gotta you gotta listen to it (laughs) i just yeah (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, God. Yes. But I also just watched a video that a friend showed me of Kim Cattrall. 
scatting. Oh no. In real life with her husband who plays a stand-up bass. And it was so fucking bad. You should watch it. I'll send it to you later. It's so funny. She it's barely scatting, but it's just like, wow, okay. I guess anybody can do whatever they want and call it music. <laughs> Cam, she's so cute though, and it's way too sexy for for what it actually is, you know. But scatting over upright bass? What are you talking about? It sounds like <laughs> the most sexy music I've ever heard in my life. The baby making music but right also there. just being like, my husband, Mark, he's a musician. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing khaki pants and like a denim shirt. I'm just like, this is radiating sensuality right now. What is... Wow. She's been acting since 1975. Damn. It's been a long... It's been, it's been a while. Um, Sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry. Yeah, Selena, yeah, so she, when, when when the new show came out, what's it called again? And Just Like That. And Just Like That. Okay, so when it, And Just Like That came out. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say it completely sincerely. <laughs> completely sincerely. So yeah, she went back and watched them all and then watched the movies because they're all on HBO too. And the one where they go to India oh is so crazy. They go to Abu Dhabi. They go to the UAE. Oh, that's, that's right. Okay. And yeah. let me tell you, <laughs> I didn't see that film. I still have not watched the whole you thing. You should watch it. No, we actually tried to watch it recently. Uh, and we were super drunk already. So then I put that shit on and it takes them an hour to get to where they're going and then the racism starts, and I'm like, we're turning this off now. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot continue. <laughs> See, that's when you oh, just got to no... uh... buckle down and be like, all right, we're in for the ride. We cannot. I was like, this is over. This is over. <laughs> I can't handle it. And I honestly, I feel so bad because I wanted to watch the whole reboot, the whole series before I talk to you, but I haven't seen it. I just know all the spoilers and I know that it's like, I can barely, I can barely process this right now. I mean, in all honesty, I watched Uh, it in and out as Selena was watching it, you know, and I was doing like podcast shit, homework. I've been waiting to watch it with my, uh, my gal pals, you know, in sex and city fashion with Cosmos in hand. I really wish it was called something other than Sex in the City 2. <laughs> or like Sex in the City colon Gone to and the number 2. Gone to the East or something or Gone Eat. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like yeah, you could have gone <laughs> Sex in the City goes east. Uh just anything more facetious than taking their shit that seriously just to do that which is basically without Carrie Giddings not really stood up at the altar in the first film because that's all really bullshit also I saw that film when it came out so you haven't seen that in theaters <laughs> <laughs> that's how important it was to me at the time but I was really I mean like anybody who watched that show very let down by the end because it's sold to you as uh, some sort of female empowerment something it's like oh it's the first show where women are talking about women's problems but then you're like no really rich white women in new york city whose problems are nowhere near the problems you're ever gonna have but also their main problem is men am i right and like she she didn't get stood up 
Like he was there, but she like didn't want to talk when he was like needed to talk to her or something. She was like ignoring her phone. There's all these dramatic shots of her phone. And then it's like, I'm so mad that you were late. So we're never getting back together, but then you guys get together. So I'm like, you guys put me through this bullshit of the first film. And all of it really leads up to like racism jokes in Mexico. Whoops, Charlotte drank the water and she pooped herself, you know? And I'm like, is this what I came for? None of this makes me feel empowered or good. It's actually really sad. (laughs) It's really sad and really pathetic. So that's the risk of, of walking that line that they walked in that show, right? Where they're like, they could easily fall off into not empowering and then they could easily have pushed farther into it but I felt like they walked like a pretty good line that was like pretty realistic in a lot of senses yeah I think that's why it's so easy to love and hate at the same time is that it's like Carrie herself is like the every woman she's flawed and she's always making these bad decisions but it's like super relatable because it's like yeah you're probably gonna cheat on your one fucking boyfriend and get back together with your ex-boyfriend and be kind of crazy and it's like well sure 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 (laughs) sure i mean there's obviously a lot of criticisms of it that i've heard in the past but i'm not really versed but am i gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it yeah sure the whole thing i'm like i heard that you know obviously there's beef with the girls in real life and that's why kim cattrall is not in the reboot but is she not in another show right now? Somebody told me she was in How I Met Your Father, starring Hillary Duff, which I also don't want to watch, really. But I feel like maybe I should if she's in it. How I Met Your Father, yep. Future Sophie and the narrator. Ooh, okay. Damn it, because that sounds so terrible. <laughs> How I Met Your yeah, I saw a preview for that, I think, around the time of the Super Bowl. I never saw How I Met Your Mother. What's that about? What's that about? I don't know. It's don't not know. a show that I've seen. Um, my parents watch it. Therefore, I just can't, you know, can't get down. Mm-hmm. My parents love things like MASH oh. and Two and a Half Men. So I'm like, How I Met Your Mother, you can have it. It's all you. <laughs> Two and a Half Men had some good jokes to it just because Charlie Sheen was such an ass and he was just he just got to play himself. So like a lot of those parts were like really good, but it's like I didn't want to see him in those situations and I just, I don't know, the laugh tracks are always tough. I just remember feeling so uncomfortable growing up all through life, watching the things on TV as they were happening, especially movies too, because like the era in which we grew up is like, these jokes are so uncomfortable. This whole show is like Charlie Sheen is a scumbag, but I'm sitting here watching my parents watch it after dinner. Like it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're just like, oh. Yeah, like they don't understand that he's being like self-referential and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, this is just funny. They're like, no, he's yeah. like actually like, you know, just like bouncing from rock bottom and, you know, just like, I don't know, it's all <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Uh, Rob, I think on one of the episodes was talking about how like the basis of the story is something like, like in the description for the story is that it has someone getting hit by a truck or something and exploding like a bag of flesh. And it's just like the way Ooh. it was like written, it was just like, wait, what the fuck is this? Right. And it's just laugh tracks and stuff. Yeah. Right. 
And for some reason, we throw a child into the mix, and that makes it funnier. And it's like oh, traumatizing exactly. a child is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely one of my favorite parts in maybe any movie is vacation when they're going cross country and everyone's complaining about maybe they need to turn back. And he just tells the kids they're all fucked in the head. And I was like, yeah, that's, I feel like, you know, it's really fun. It was really funny. At least maybe it's just the delivery. Obviously I'm not sitting here out here like, you know, go tell your children to go fuck themselves. You know? Right. But right. But no, some kids it's are like... assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to kick them off their high horse. One of these days. Someone's got to tell them the truth. I mean, what is this? They're also toxic as hell, you know? It's true. Babies especially. <laughs> yeah, like learning how babies uh, prefer attractive people over unattractive people. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, like if there's two <laughs> unknown people presented to the baby, they will go towards the conventionally more symmetrical face. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Who like, wouldn't? Oh, exactly. I want the hot mom, not the, not these jeans. Not these mom jeans. What's what's new? What's new in Kayla life? What do you want to talk about? I didn't do too much prep going into this because I'm cool. And this is two weeks early. This is a very premature. Yeah. Birth. Well, yes. So we didn't plan. <laughs> I guess we planned. We didn't plan to talk today, but we planned to talk in a couple weeks. But you wrote it down as today. But we were already texting because my appointment canceled today because there was snow and it's all gone by now. But yeah, I didn't plan that much except uh, I did well. You know, I I thought since you're so cool that you didn't have any interview questions for me, I thought I would ask you some important hard hitting questions Uh that I think about all the time. And to be honest, to be fully transparent, I ask a lot of people these questions all the time because I think they're really important telling. (laughs) But since we were talking about sex in the city, are you a Carrie, a Miranda, a Charlotte or a Samantha? Who do you feel most aligned with? Hmm. Of these four women. Hard hitting question. As a woman, Colin, which of these girls do you feel most aligned with? Um, Speaking (laughs) for my, you know, my inner Gaia. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Channel your inner goddess. See, I'm, I always forget her name. What's the redhead's name? Miranda. Miranda Hobbs. Miranda? I mean, maybe I'm a Miranda. (laughs) You're a pretty hard worker. Yeah. Pretty level-headed. And I do second guess myself a lot. So yeah, I'm definitely a Miranda. I actually like Miranda a lot. I feel like they do her dirty sometimes with her outfits and stuff. Because mm. she's a badass in real life too. Cynthia Nixon. She like ran for mayor or something in New York. Yeah, she's got like a super OG track record when you when you Hell look yeah. at all of it. She's um, totally a Miranda in real life. Is the thing you know? <laughs> is Carrie really a Carrie or what is uh, what is her name? Sarah Michelle. Sarah Michelle. Parker, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Don't get my girls mixed up. Sarah Michelle Geller is Buffy. Sarah Jessica Parker. SJP. Is SJP. Is SJP a Carrie? SJW is something that keeps confusing me because every time I see it, I think SJP. And I'm like, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. And then I'm like, no, damn it. <laughs> see, not it. Is she a Carrie? Probably. I don't know. I don't pay attention to these. I hate celebrities in real life. I'm just like, why am I, why do I need to care about rich people? They don't care about me. Well, some of them are really interesting, but I'd say it's probably just as many are interesting as like actual people are interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, that's the thing. You know, you know it's probably an, an equal thing. I'm, I'm studying statistics right now, so we're learning about, you know, you know, maybe celebrities, you know, if we studied celebrities, it's like that is the, the sample group that is perfect to reflect the whole population, you know? Sure. There's a bunch of assholes. There's some funny people. There's some you know, really interesting people. There's some Scientologists that don't like to pretend <clears throat> they're Scientologists. You know, Will Smith's in the news and everything. No one's talking about the Scientology aspect of all of it. You know, I'm not going to get into in in this postmodern post 9/11 world. I don't want to get into the semantics of the Scientology aspect of mm-hmm. Will Smith's current situation. It's just too complex for how deep we're going to dive today. You know. I just heard the L. Ron Hubbard jazz album, so it's been on my mind. I'm dead okay. serious. Wiz, Wiz had it on vinyl when I was in Seattle, and I was like, he's like, dude, this is the L. Ron Hubbard jazz album recorded while he was on the run. On the run or on the moon? No, no, he's on a yacht um, in international waters, Ooh. and they had a recording studio and everything and a bunch of stuff, and everyone's doing a bunch of drugs, and they had like some musicians there and stuff, and L. Ron Hubbard recorded a jazz album. L. Ron. L. Ron. What? So, Come on. That's pretty sick. Yeah. So that's the only Is reason I was thinking about it. Because, I mean, it Does wasn't nearly... No scatting. Thank God. <laughs> um, I don't know if he played anything or if he was just on the, the boards, but I mean, like, the instrumentation wasn't horrible, I guess, and the recording wasn't horrible, and I was genuinely surprised. I was like, okay, this isn't... I don't know. It's not like when you listen to Steven Seagal's guitar album, and you're like, oh... Ooh. Ooh. you know <laughs> have you ever heard that no no <laughs> no i don't know if i need to hear that just i feel like i know enough right now 20 seconds will change your life We're not... <laughs> God damn it. i'm gonna be honest i try to avoid anytime no not you know nothing against you or all men you know not all men but whenever a man tells me Dude, you gotta do this thing. It's gonna change your life. I'm like, maybe not. I'd be very skeptical. You don't have <laughs> okay, to. You no. don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. You don't know my life. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. I don't. It's change your life. The Matrix is probably the one thing that people told me more than anything. Like, dude, you the, got the movie. It's gonna change your life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I listened to that bad movie podcast, uh, Cinephobe. Oh yeah. Um, and they just did the they did the Watcher. And that was the movie that Keanu did after The Matrix. So that's the reason the segue right here. It is a James Spader main actor, Keanu Reeves supporting actor movie called The Watcher. And they did not use the Dr. Dre song called The Watcher that came out a year earlier. Big missed opportunity. Um, But it is about James Spader is an FBI agent that like went insane trying to catch a serial killer that is Keanu Reeves. And he retires, you know, and is like having mental disturbance. You know, he's he's psychologically disturbed because of all the shit that he went through. And, you know, he snapped essentially. Mm -hmm. And then Keanu Reeves chases him down and like get, you know, gets him back into the thing. But Keanu didn't sign up for the movie. Apparently, apparently his signature was forged by like one of his agent, his like agent or his assistant or something like that. And... Mm -hmm. It is just so amazingly bad, and it is amazing that Keanu, after The Matrix, did that. Which is also disappointing, because I really like James Spader, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like this sounds like it could have been, just based on the story, a decent movie, maybe, but that's weird. James Spader is one of those dudes that's like, he's in 
he's really good in a lot of things, but he's also in some really bad shit. And so it's like, I think he's a really good actor that just either has a bad agent or just ends up on bad products. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's like Woody Harrelson is like an example of someone who's like, has a, a really discerning eye slash his agent, you know, like, or he double checks everything that he's going to do, bef- you know, it, it, rather than just getting signed up for stuff. But most everything Woody Harrelson does is pretty original. You know what I mean? And it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Everything from like Kingpin to True Detective. But there are some actors like, you know, James Spader that I feel like ended up falling in roles, whether, I don't know, they just, they just, it, it didn't work. And I don't know if it was their fault necessarily, because a lot of the time I used to always want to blame an actor and be like, oh, that was a horrible performance. But now at this point, I'm just like, I don't know. Directors do a lot. You know what I mean? Editors do even more like editing will make a person seem like a bad actor or not. True. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that your film can be really bad and it's not necessarily just because the actors are bad for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, you know, the fucking the last duel, you know, that might have been a great movie, but like it was two stars at most because of Ben Affleck's fucking goatee. Shit's unacceptable. I hate Ben Affleck. I'm, I'm, I hate Ben Affleck so much. What other questions do you have for me besides am I a Miranda? Or I am a Miranda. Um, do you remember your first AIM screening? Yeah, it's still my, um, I still have an email that it is. It's Tubby Rolls 88. Tubby Rolls 88? <laughs> yep. <gasps> what is the etymology of this phrase? <laughs> uh, well, I was, you know, a little bit of a heavier set kid and always slightly so self- literal. <laughs> yeah, so it was literal, you know? I wasn't like that big by any means. Like I was always semi athletic. But yeah, I was Tubby Rolls eighty eight. And then I was eighty eight was because, you know, they look like rolls. Oh, was that it? I'm be like, we were born in the same year and it's eighty nine, so I thought maybe just eighty nine was taken or something. No, eighty eight just worked. You know, so yeah, tubbyrolls88 at gmail.com still exists. But that was my AOL name, that was my AIM name for for the longest time. I think the first time I got on AIM was seventh grade. I don't think I was using it in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Maybe I That was. sounds about right. I don't know. I don't think I really, I think I was just hanging out with my friends in person. And it didn't really matter. Like I didn't, I didn't need to chat with them out of person. Until well, a certain point. I, yeah, I understand that. We had a computer, and eventually I think we all got uh, laptops. But I have siblings, and I have three siblings. And there was a lot of um, just general infighting and animosity and random aggressions. Gangs would form against certain groups. And, you know, it was always a fun time to go on AIM, catfish your sibling, log into your sibling's account catfish their friends it was a big thing for me i don't know i was really into catfishing i had fake myspace accounts my sister blocked me after a while because obviously i was like shit so i had to make a fake account but you had to make a fake account that's kind of funny (laughs) yeah did you like that show the circle did you watch that show the circle circle no i didn't see it so it's all about social media catfishing and shit so it's like a bunch of different people it's I mean, it's one of those things where editing and production, right? Like, I feel like it's a good premise. A lot of the things I'm just like, man, this is tough. 
there's one thing that they always do so it's it's like 10 people or 12 people or 16 people or whatever and they're all in their own like little apartments in this apartment complex and they all have like the screens with this like interface circle you know and anytime that they want to say something they're like circle and then they say stuff and then they're like heart emoji you know flexing emoji and just like all the things right and it's so it's like it's a social media game show type of scenario okay okay and you have the option when you go in to either be yourself and just you know just be like this is me you know and just talk to the people as yourself right or you can go in as a catfish and so some people go in as like one gal went in as her husband right and she's like, I'm going to be my husband. And he's like, you know, this good looking dude. And, you know, she's just playing as him. Why would you do that except to create drama, though? Well, because I don't know. It's Some people aren't confident in themselves, maybe. I don't know what the, the exact reason. I, I guess that it's people aren't confident with themselves or people are trolls, right? Yeah, right. That's, that's what I was doing. So I guess I don't understand any other mentality except to fuck with people and start drama and be a troll. If you wanted to go in there and do that, then you could totally do that. You should try and sign up for the circle. You'd be great for it. Okay, you're right. I would be. <laughs> like, guarantee. You'd be like, oh, shit. They'd be like, who's this tattoo artist? They'd be like, okay. Yeah, and then you'd sign up as someone else, you know, or, you know, be yourself, whatever. But, um, yeah, there was, like, one dude. He's, like, this tall, fucking, really annoying guy that was pretending to be this, like, cute, blonde girl. And it was just... And there was like an old gay guy that was pretending to be a, a young gay kid. And like, it's ridiculous. It's one of those things where she watched it all. And I watched it all because of that. And I, I, I didn't it complain, perfect. you know, but yeah, there's catfishing involved. And so that's the one thing I thought about. See, I don't even want to watch the show Catfish. That's too real. I want to watch this shit. <laughs> well, didn't that's I've never so actually funny. watched Catfish either. Isn't did they do it like intervention style where it was all like investigative like dramatic journalism but rea- slash reality yeah. show yeah it's like way too serious but it's so funny be- and sad at the same time because i've only seen a few episodes but like my friends made me watch this episode where like this guy is being catfished and it turns out it's like all these pictures that are clearly like a simple reverse google image search finds that it's like this is a porn star or like some hot sexy model where these pictures are easily accessible on the internet anybody could access them and use them they've never spoken on the phone they've only texted and like messaged emailed so it's like pretty clear but the guy that thinks that they're like in love with this person has like left an entire situation with children to be with them, but is like clearly not capable of comprehending what is happening. So they're trying to like intervention style be like, okay, but look, we found these pictures like on here. Like this is like, clearly he's supposed to be putting the pieces together. This is not a real person, but he's just looking at the sexy pictures and being like, (laughs) yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. Like this isn't, this isn't the person you're talking to. And I'm like, this poor person is like so caught up that they like clearly they're not seeing what's right in front of them but then they go when they make them confront the person but the person in this episode was like a dude pretending to be a hot girl and when he gets the cameras there he's like clearly he planned this from the beginning because catfish had been on long enough that he was like i'm gonna be an actor and he had this planned speech where he just like went on his own tip for his own reasons and they're like don't you feel bad about what you've done And he's like, I came here to make a statement. And it's like, it's unhinged. And I'm like, this poor guy over here, meanwhile, 
is just caught in the crossfire still is like what the fuck is going on and still barely putting the pieces together that he just like left his partner for this joke to be like punk yeah punked got you (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like we filmed it all and now you look like an idiot and i'm just like this is really irresponsibly mean for this poor person and they're acting like it's hard-hitting intervention style like journalism mtv i just think about the situation where you know that's all over right and he's like you know, he's left his wife and kids. He's met this person. They filmed it all, but they haven't put it out. I just ima- imagine a scenario where, like, they haven't got him to sign the the release form yet. And then he's just like, oh, God. I'm not even going to release it. Then he's like, wait, well, I'm single now. Just like, <laughs> I hope that they paid him for it. You know, like, I hope. How much do they pay you? How much, are you, how much would you throw your life away for, you know? You know oh, but these people do it because they want the fame so i'm like i guess if that's what you're in it for just because you're on a show doesn't mean you're famous that's the one thing that they forget about it right it's like especially in like when the content started to become so so big i mean i remember meeting this uh this gal I, you know i obviously won't say her name for purposes because i don't know if if she would be okay with me talking about her and her name and stuff like that. But I met a girl that was on my super sweet 16. Right. Mm-hmm. And she went to college with a couple of my friends and you know, I, it happened to be the only super sweet 16 episode that I saw. So I was like, I recognize this person from somewhere. She was like, Oh yeah, I was on this. I was like, that's the one episode I've ever watched. And I meet the person, right. It's fucking weird. Was she nice? Was she super spoiled? Uh, yeah. She was, yeah, she was from, uh, not Miami, but, you know, like West Palm or somewhere near Miami, right? So, like, all of the Miami people, or, like, one of the big big things that happens out there is, like, the Island Boys, you know? You remember Island Boy? Chet? Yeah, exactly. Well, not not Chet, yes. not Chet, but, uh, but Island Boy um, dudes. Island Boys in right? general, yeah. There's this, but those dudes think that they're poor, Right. Yeah. Even though they have an in-ground pool in their backyard and stuff like that. And it's because they look around and their house isn't nearly as affluent as some of the other houses around there. But the thing is, their house still costs 600 plus thousand, right? And, you know, when you're looking at multi-million dollar mansions all over the place and yours isn't a mansion, then they're like, oh, we're poor. So this girl had that mentality, right? Where she like thought she was poor and then, but clearly wasn't. But she had just, I don't know, is this very interesting mentality and then she went to school i don't even know if i should say the school but either way she went to school with a couple of my friends i i know you in real life it's fine we don't have to say it here there's like one of six (laughs) there's like one of six schools could be you know you could discern right but yeah uh very very interesting um interactions with that person but yeah they were like trying to do the i'm going to change my image and everything about it right like i'm rejecting the the floridian lifestyle and like becoming the the Northwest lifestyle, right? I'm going to say that assuming we're in the Northwest, we refer to this, and by we, I mean me, because I've coined this term and I'm trying to make it a thing, Pacific North blessed. When you move here and you are just so enthralled by like the mountains and how quirky it is. And like, it's so chill here, you know, when you like get a Buffalo plaid and you're like all about it. You get a mountain or a fern tattooed, fine line style and you're just... Loving it. 
Like we don't all like the trees, you know, we love the trees for sure, but it's, uh, I like pine trees, but at the same time, I don't want to get one tattooed on me. I don't think if I was going to get a tree tattooed on me, it'd be a eucalyptus. I mean, let's say I have a lot of shitty tattoos. So I'm not going to like fucking shame anybody's decisions yeah. to get tattoos. Cause obviously I'm pro tattoo no matter what it is. And I, I'm pro shit tattoos. So if you have a beautiful ass pine tree tattoo, that's tight. That's tight. <laughs> that's, that's hella cool dog. All tattoos. Hell are cool. yeah. Most tattoos are cool. <laughs> um, Mm, not all but most most most. yeah i was gonna say especially (laughs) speaking of like watching ink master when you go and see like the cover-ups you know that people get and then it's just like they even have the people come in on like i can't remember what season it was but they all had hate tattoos they're trying to get them covered up so like person had like a swastika and like you know just like straight up and they were like the person was like i'm ashamed of this and i need to i'm trying to move on i can't you know and, and so it was like they were giving them under it's a redemption story and that's the one thing you know like we you know i can hate on ink master all i want but they do do those episodes with like the redemption stories and like the, the you know they do do those episodes decently well okay i have not uh actually watched ink master almost at all i feel like i've told you this i like yeah. do not like it but i'm glad to hear that they're trying to do better things than just it's so bad make mm. people feel uncomfortable about their bodies and then judge their pieces in front of them while they refer to them as canvas in a very dehumanizing way but that's just me <laughs> yeah so at first i was like what the fuck is wrong with all of these people and then i realized after you know you watch a couple seasons you're like oh this once again going back to tv producers and shit right or movie producers this is all the production style they're getting told to use this terminology you know right that's the thing is that it's meant to be dramatic it's meant to seem really intense and honestly tattoos are intense but not in a way that looks good on tv unless you present it in this kind of way with these just ridiculous time frames on things so that it seems really stressful and so i understand that it has to be edited and produced this way that makes me an actual tattoo artist hate it but that's not you know that's hollywood for you baby yeah and it doesn't have to be edited like that they just choose to edit it like that because it's the the real or the reality tv formula that like people don't like to go off of an experiment because they're like oh well this works People like it when people talk shit to other people. And that's one of those things that, you know, the Will Smith slap, you know what I mean? It's that is reality TV in a nutshell. It's like, oh, if we can just encompass that and stretch it out to 25 seasons, we've got we're billionaires. You're you know? trying to write a show called The Slap and make 25 seasons worth of future <laughs> drama yeah, I, for the people. Because I feel like that's an idea but yeah for sure i don't even want to comment about this it's been a hot minute i can't say anything except no we we don't have to talk about it i just like to reference it periodically because of how absurd it is it's like i don't actually want to you know i don't want to go into it because that's the thing is like but i'm happy am i happy that it happened yes (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't it was ridiculous i like chris rock's approach where he's just like yeah i'll talk about it when you pay me more and it was just like touche you know that's how you play your card you're just like yeah you you want to hear me talk about it i'll tell some jokes pay me i was just like all right touche yeah that's how you monetize your you know that's the thing it's like everything oh my god 
content era where everyone has a podcast or you know things like that right where stand-up comedians used to do it where they they just had their own platform and now the social media has made it so everyone has their own platform in that same way so like you know super horrible thing happened this weekend uh I'll bring the the mood down here briefly uh the nfl quarterback speaking of florida uh he got hit by a, his name is dwayne haskins he passed away he got hit by a, a truck yeah, super tragic story. 24-year-old kid. Instead of talking about the tragedy and simply reporting it, right? There's this guy, Adam Schefter. He's an NFL reporter. And in the tweet talking about his passing, he mentioned that he, he mentioned his career struggles, right? And it was just like, everyone was like, why? Do, why why are you talking about... His own struggles or the deceased person? The deceased person's struggles, right? And so he, he what he said was... Uh, you know, D- Dwayne Haskins, former university or University of Ohio alum, you know, who struggled as an N- who had a struggling NFL career with the Washington football team, and you know, passed away on Friday after being hit by a car. Right. So it was like the way that the the, the apology was worded, or the, the 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 news was worded by this new this NFL newsbreaker who everyone follows and and cares about what they what he, they say. Instead of him just being like, you know, 24-year-old Dwayne Haskins has passed away after an accident, sending uh, respect out to his family, right? You could have done something that's respectful and simple, but instead they he talked about his career despair, his career struggles, right? So a lot of people got upset about that. But the point the point of what I was saying was that Adam Adam Schefter, the guy, he didn't apologize right away. He waited to apologize, and then he released an apology on his podcast. And so if you want to go hear his apology, you have to go through his platform, which he makes money off of. His content through his platform. So it's not like a public apology. It's like you have to pay me for this. Well, it did. he did then aggregate it, you know, like, and send the clip out over social medias and stuff like that as, like, what they do as a promotional thing. But that's one of those things as well. When, when you put that clip out on your social media platforms, anytime someone clicks it, you're still getting money for it, right? Right, right. When you when you have hundreds of thousands of people looking at your content, they, they make money for their social media presence. Yeah, it's all... Uh... It was just like, we're we're monetizing our apologies now? You know, it's just like... Yeah. It's crazy to think about, you know. Is it? Look at where <laughs> this is all. It's all gone so far that it's like not really that surprising at all anymore. But that's what's so upsetting about it. So depressing is that I'm like, oh yeah, of course, of course, you would do that. Totes my goats. Are they dead? They're dead. Well, I guess that was the echo. That's what we've been hearing, right? Yes. Is that better? I think I can hear you fine. Cool. I think the key is we just have to try not to over talk because if I'm talking through the speakers, when you're talking, it makes everything all blah, 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 blah. And then we get in that caught in that matrix and Keanu Reeves is staring at us. There's like a hundred of him. I've been caught in matrix, dude. I'm staring at 100 Keanu Reeves the moment I open my eyes every day. That's how this feels. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, it depends. What Keanu Reeves is it? Is it Keanu Reeves from The Matrix? Because if it was a hundred Johnny Utahs or a thousand Johnny Utahs, then I'm <laughs> about it. I want to say that it's Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted, but yeah, 
Point Break, he still had a little bit of that in him where, he, you know, he's like, I'm Johnny Utah. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, I'm a God. surfer, surfer FBI, bro. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was more into Wayne's World than Bill and Ted, if I'm being honest. Wayne's World's way better. Did they come out at the same time? Holy shit. Hold on. You might have just... Okay, so one of the segments that that we're going to do right here uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Well, here I'll tell. I'll, so I'll tell you my plan. As 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 a listener of the podcast, you should be able to know this. So I have listened to every single episode of this podcast. Just for the record, big fan, big fan. <laughs> thank you. Uh, first time, long time. Oh, look, it's Selena. Hey! Oh my god! Hey! Here, pop these on. Say hi. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I just made fresh cheese for the first time, so that was interesting. Oh. Eh. Can't see me. Oh, You're disappearing <laughs> into that sexy chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Fresh cheese? Yeah. Um, well, I like to cook Ayurvedically often, and it's part of some of those recipes. That's awesome. Yeah. So good to see you. You too. I'll let you guys continue. Ooh. Bye. Hi. Woo! Smooth operations. Hey. <laughs> Dude, uh, fresh cheese? You got the hookup right there. Yeah. Uh, we bought a gallon of raw milk. It was like 16 bucks at this store up in Vancouver. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so Bill and Ted was 89. Woo! Right? Wayne's World, I feel like, was earlier than that. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Oh, 92. Well, it was a... <sighs> Before it was a movie, right? What was that? Oh, it was a sketch. That's true. That's true. Yeah. When was the sketch? Okay. 87. Oh, there you go. So it was first, technically. Yep. yep. Mike Myers actually being first. Apparently, do you know that Mike Myers and Dana Carvey aren't friends anymore? Because I think it was Dana Carvey claimed that. Dana Carvey claimed that he was the first person to do a Lorne Michaels impression. Okay, who cares? Lorne Michaels is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, but the irony is that is like, you you really think you were the first person? You're like, look at how many comedians were before you. You don't think anyone did an impression of their boss? Sure, right. But also, is that really the hill you want to die on, Dana Carvey? Okay, so Dana Carvey said that Michael Myers took his his impression of Lorne Michaels and turned it into Dr. Evil and added the pinky and then never gave Dana Carvey credit. Okay. <laughs> so that's why Dana Carvey did Master of Disguise and Mike Myers did Austin Powers. <laughs> Which is like one of the worst movies of of my youth. The Master of Disguise. I don't even think I ever saw it, but I was just like, no, that's not it. It killed his career. He did, he's done one yeah. movie after that. It was like 12, 12 years later, I think. But yeah. um, it, it's yeah. not good. I have never seen it, but I listened that once again, that bad movie podcast, Cinephobe, they did a Master of Disguise episode. <laughs> and so it was bad. Yeah, that sounds rough. I don't even think it's been a long time, but I don't even think I would ever. I can't you know break through as you say the breaking point of nostalgia for me i'm like there's a there's a very hard line for me and i'm like even austin powers movies all of that i'm like hell no dude they're problematic as 
they're so fucked up. Oh, that's one of those things where there are a couple lines from it and a couple scenes from it. It's like kind of like some of the Adam Sandler movies. You know, they're like mm-hmm. jokes from those movies that are really good, right. but then there's just a lot of bullshit filler. Yes, yes. And I feel like the the whole thing with Austin Powers is like Mike Myers was on a sketch comedy show. Like, why didn't that just that could have just been a sketch in a sketch comedy show. All we really needed was like one million dollars, you know, and like a couple other you know stupid words and we'd be fine. But that's not what happened. Yeah. Rob pointed out the fact that this he Mike Myers had been doing the Scottish accent for a while. So it's like he had done essentially fat bastard in you know, now I'm married to an axe murderer or. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I married an axe murderer. God, that movie's so stupid. Also, I can't. Okay. That's a bad movie. I am a licensed tattoo artist in the state of Oregon. And that's like not even a hard or difficult feat to achieve. But I think constantly, especially since pandemic, about like going back and watching things where I'm like, oh my God, all of this is a health violation. Like you could never do that. Like the whole premise of how I mar- married an axe murderer he goes to a butcher shop and sees a hot girl working and jumps over the counter and without washing his hands or any butchering experiences handling raw meat but in like a cute flirty now there's a montage way where we're literally throwing meat around with our bare hands and cute music is playing that's how i'm like this is how they fell in love really (laughs) totally logical right that sounds i mean tinder where health inspector he is the health inspector that's what he said right i don't know probably not but that would have been the bad line so funny yeah so i get hung up on all the wrong things that's acceptable i mean (laughs) there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of problematic tropes what's your favorite problematic trope i don't know man it's really like i come up blank when i think about them like when i try to think about all of them but i mean the one that we just talked about was uh you know woman gets raped and then falls in love with her rapist and it's just like what the fuck is this dude and that's like gone with the wind revenge of the nerds like it's so many movies mm-hmm. that shit's crazy that's one of the most baffling to me um favorite i don't know if i could say any of them are my favorite though you know right. <laughs> <laughs> see i i like to think of uh because i i like really old golden age detective fiction mystery stories old radio shit noir film so as far as like mystery and suspense my favorite trope is the storyline that always ends with so and so's been dead for 50 years (laughs) or there hasn't been a town there for a hundred years and then it's just like slow pan of someone's like It's like the Sixth Sense or any any M Night Shyamalan movie, The Village. It's it's still happening. happening. It's always good. It's always surprise. How how are we always surprised by it? <laughs> I did not watch old his new his newer one, but it was on the plane when I was flying to Florida and back. Mm-hmm. And so, like every person that I was sitting with on all of my plane trips were all watching it. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much saw the whole movie, you know, with subtitles. It's like this movie looks fucking horrible, dude. It's just like I I haven't paid much attention, so I didn't even know he had a movie, but I'm sure it is terrible. Yeah, movie previews are they've gotten real bad, but M Night Shyamalan, 
Well, like the whole the whole thing with movie previews, right? Is they like they want to show you a little bit more each time, and so they have like a marketing strategy where they're going to release a bunch of movie previews, releasing a little bit more each time. But M Night Shyamalan's are it's like he was giving away so much of the movie in the first preview. I love when they do. <laughs> And you've got two thirds of the movie in the preview, and you're like, "Why right. would I go see that?" Right. It's great cinema. Ugh. It's good stuff. So funny. Well, my favorite thing is like old books, especially because I love Agatha Christie. They're straight up old book covers from like the '70s, like the have, and it's like this is a mystery story, and they're written in a way many of them that you are supposed to follow the clues and figure it out. But then they have random people years later illustrating covers and straight up just like spoiler alert, like there's a drawing in the cover, uh, like on the cover that's definitely going to give away like, oh, there's a gun in a basket. <laughs> that's not ruining anything. <laughs> but it's a book. But it's a book. Just read it. It's all good. I found this we- this website called uh, Tropopedia. Tropopedia. Um, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, I muted myself. That's why. You did. I was like, yeah. uh, is he tricking me? <laughs> yeah, that's a fake out. You just got faked out. What's up? Fake out. Yeah. Uh, no, I found this website called Tropopedia. You know, it's just like one of the fan, you know, Wikipedia type pages. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty fun to to look through, um, you know, just some random sh- like that, you know. It's pretty cool. Trope or portals. Tropes of legend. Universal tropes, genre tropes, narrative tropes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got some good stuff on there. Let me tell you. But yeah, I was actually, I was asking about the why um, Bill and Ted was made because I was going to say it, that could have fallen into one of my segments that we're going to start in July uh, that is called the Hollywood Face-Off. And what? Well, I don't know. That's the working title. You know, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to actually be that, but it is going to be talking about the, you know, how Hollywood always does that thing where one studio hears that a movie's being made and they try to rush out another version of it, right? Yeah, like a who uh, who wore it better. Yeah. So you got Cliffhanger and Vertical Limit, okay? <laughs> Dante's Peak and Volcano. Mm, uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon. Mm, mm-hmm. Anaconda and Deep Blue Sea. Now hear me oh. out. Snake oh. and Shark, but... Came out at the same-ish time. Movies about animals putting people in danger with a rapper turned actor. So Deep Blue Sea had LL and Anaconda had Ice Cube. That's true. It's a bit yeah. of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. The Golden Child and Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> they came out about the same time. And it's just sometimes it's it's like the studio hears of the same or of something and then they try to make something quicker but sometimes it's just like it happens to be the same ideas coming out at the same time and that has to deal with that like collective conscious uh you know right type of shit and it's debatable when you know how much that's an influence it's hard to say who was influenced by an idea first when lots of people are having the same idea at the same time exactly yeah no idea is original. That's the way that, you know, I was taught collective conscious. It's like if you thought it, that means someone else, someone else, someone, someone else, somewhere else thought of it. I think that's well. the whole idea of postmodernism, isn't it? That every idea has been done already, so mm. fuck it. <laughs>
that's my, my version. <laughs> well, yeah, that's especially with like if you're trying to do hip hop, like like writing poetry. Hip hop is one of those things where it's like a lot of shit. It's like, oh, well, there's every word combination has probably been rhymed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That being said, your story, you can always tell your story. And so if you can manage to do both same time it doesn't matter what you're rhyming if you're telling a story and floats along yeah but you know what speaking of hip-hop i finally watched that show that you were recommending to me that was the uh the netflix doc series this spot i watched that mm-hmm. episode about uh autotune sweet yeah. sweet t-pain and i am just so like dude hip-hop all of that i'm like rhyming is tight everybody's so mad at him for the auto-tune thing but then i listen to his songs from his first album and it's like his first single the first line lyrically speaking just take all that out of context the first line of i'm sprung is she got me doing the dishes and i'm like you know what that alone go t-pain you know this holds up (laughs) sometimes it's just simple you don't even have to rhyme <laughs> well, that's a that docu series has changed my my mindset about making music. It was in the Swedish episode mm-hmm. where the guys was like, you know, they were like, the the lyrics don't matter. The it, lyrics come second to the music. Mm-hmm. And so, I wrote a song recently. I had a friend come to me and tell me about this concept, and I won't give away too much of it. But needless to say, I wrote the line and recorded it, and I was thinking about it the other day because it doesn't make any sense. But for that reason, I, it might be my favorite line I've ever written. But I wrote, I'm so hydrated when I swim, I'm sailing. Hot shit. <laughs> right? Like- it doesn't make any sense. It's like, a, what, no, what do you mean? It doesn't mean to. It doesn't mean need to. And it's, just, it's the way it's said and... You're just like, wait, what? You know, when you have like those kind of lines where, I don't know, I listen to Riff Raff a lot. That's your problem. <laughs> problem, no. <laughs> it's a joy that I have. I know. Just shit. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. Neon icon. So good. <laughs>